K-A-L-W. We just left the Shakespeare Garden in a thicket just off 9th Avenue. We're going to head back towards the north side of the park, and to get there, we'll take a circuitous route. We'll walk down a hill into the parking garage that serves the California Academy of Sciences and the de Young Museum. It's definitely a popular spot for families. We're not inside for long. Soon, we're back in the sprawling music concourse where little kids play, the bigger kids skate, and people of all ages act like they don't have a care in the world. This is the Golden Gate Park cast from KELW Public Media. I'm your host, Hanat Baba. We're passing by the Japanese tea garden and away from traffic now. You'll hear so many different languages around here, and so many bird calls, too. We've made it to John F. Kennedy Boulevard, where our destination is just across the street. It's a garden. Sheer elegance, wild blue yonder, Lady Elsie May, Daybreaker. Although these might sound like romance novel titles, they're actually names for different species of the flower of romance, the rose. Golden Gate Park has one whole acre of land dedicated to roses. Chris Hambrick follows the scent. This is an oasis of color and smell. It's popular among tourists and honeybees too. Fuchsia, red, peach, yellow, and white blooms explode everywhere around me. Andy Stone, the Rose Garden supervisor, tells me more. The Rose Garden is divided into 64 beds, each with a different variety of rose, usually 12 roses to a bed. Uh, And then there's the beds on the side that have the climbers and the old-fashioned roses. The garden's been around since 1961. That's when the American Rose Society San Francisco chapter went looking for a space to test different varieties in a cool, moist climate. Most of the roses here are hybrids that have been donated. Before we get going on our tour, I have to ask. What's so special about roses? They are the queen of the flowers. They're just one of the most beautiful flowers of the garden. We stroll across the lush lawn to get to know some of these beauties a little better. Stone stops at one of his favorites. So this one is Julia Child, and this type of rose is called a floribunda. It has many, many flowers on each spike, and they're, they're somewhat fragrant, but what I like most is that they bloom so heavily. They bloom very heavily, they have very healthy leaves. They're not affected by very many pests. Oh, it smells fantastic. What, what color would you call that? I'm, I'm saying yellow, but it's more complex than oh, that. Oh, it's gold. It's a golden color. It's kind of buttery. Julia liked so much butter on everything. So this, I think of Julia's buttery chicken with, with this one. <laughs> Speaking of butter, I noticed the other roses that remind me of food, like the cherry parfait. It's a white rose with red edged petals, while the rainbow sorbet is a golden flower with red orange blush on the tips. For our next stop, Stone takes us to the area where climbing roses wind around lattice borders. This is a very old rose called Rosa Eglantine, and that would be grown in England on the old castles or in Ireland growing up over the castles, and it it grows quite tall. I'd almost like to let it go up and climb up the redwood trees. 
this one here is a, a briar rose and it makes nice big rose hips. And these are sometimes actually used for jam. This one looks like tissue paper. What's that one? That's another tissue. briar rose. And it's just simple old fashioned rose, just one row of petals, five petals. I leave stone to do some of my own nosing around. Whoa. The wild blue yonder has the distinct rose smell that I, I don't know, that I love. That one might be my favorite because of the smell. Strike it rich. Oh, this one is really tall. I think it's probably called strike it rich because it's super gold. I see someone with clippers. It's Stephen Childers. He's the rose gardener. And of course, he has his favorite. Princess Anne is the second one from the front. It's a purple, older English uh, variety of rose with a really great scent. And that's one of the reasons why I like it so much. Surprisingly, not all roses have a scent. And during hybridization, it can fade as growers focus on taller, hardier plants. The newer roses have a really showy display, but there's no scent to them. And that, for me, kind of takes away part of what makes a rose so cool is the fragrance of it. So the Princess Anne has the nice double-double uh, flower, and it has like all the scent. You can smell it just walking by. So that's my favorite. Oh. Go give it a whiff. <laughs> I smell everything I can, and the wonderful ones twice. Polka iceberg. I'm Chris Hambrick, smelling the roses. Roses typically start to blossom in mid-May, and they bloom all through the summer. You've been listening to the Golden Gate Park cast. Next time, we'll take a big, long walk to a place where tiny boats putter around. My mother used to bring me out here um, to visit the Japanese tea garden, and she had to pay a penalty. She had to bring me by the lake, and I saw all these old-timers sailing their boats, and and I became fascinated by it. Do you know where that is? We'll take you there next time on the Golden Gate Park cast. This podcast is produced by KALW Public Media right here in San Francisco. Our team includes Shirin Adil, David Boyer, Gabe Graben, James Rollins, Victor Tense, and Ben Trefney. Thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Hanat Baba. <laughs> <laughs>